This podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of the lands and waterways where this episode is being recorded. Further, we acknowledge the cultural diversity of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples and pay respect to their elders, past, present and future. Hi everyone, we are back today for the second episode of Women Behind the Media. We've got Betty and Claire behind the microphones today. We are quickly moving closer and closer to 2023 where we make our entrance into the industry and are more ready than ever to learn all that we can. For people who are only just tuning into our podcast, Women Behind the Media is all about creating a welcoming space to learn, grow and be excited about working in the media and the endless opportunities we will have. As students about to embark on our careers, we look up to these women in the media as role models and here we are to discuss everything about the industry with them. So let's get started. Today we are joined by Kelly Abbey, one of Australia's most renowned choreographers. Kelly has an outstanding career with a multitude of awards and credits under her belt. She brings a new perspective to the table. Kelly, how are you today? I'm good. I'm very well. How are you? I'm well, thank you. That's good to hear. Very good. Very good. Yes. So how long have you been in the dance industry for now? A long time. A long time. (laughs) Yeah, I I guess I started with dancing really early, like from when I was three, but I... I was with a ballet company when between 12 and 17 called the Australian Youth Ballet Company. And so I was, I would kind of call that where I started to work professionally. I wasn't getting paid, but I was touring to London and all around yeah. Australia and performing. So kind of considered that was where I started professionally, really. And then I moved to Sydney when I was 17 and pursued a dance career down here and been doing it ever since, still doing it. That's awesome. What made you decide to transition into the film, television and media side of the dance industry? Like, was that like a natural thing that happened or was it like a conscious decision to, you know, I want to do TV, I want to do, you know, I want to do Dancing with the Stars, like that sort of thing? None of my life has ever been by choice. It's all (laughs) happened kind of as a progression. I've worked with someone, they've suggested me here or I've just kind of fallen into it or it's been through a course of accidents that it's happened. When I first came to Sydney, the first thing I I was working, I was working as a commercial dancer. So in commercial dance, that means you do TV commercials, music videos, um, you know, all the things on screen really. So I did a lot of screen work and a lot of live work and yeah, and then, you know, I think working after being a commercial dancer, I kind of became an actress on television for two years. So I worked as an actress on a show called E Street. And so I've kind of come at the screen from very different angles, from being the actress, from being the choreographer and being the creative director. Because, yeah, the obviously Dancing with the Stars is the show that I kind of am the creative director on for the last four seasons. So I kind of come at that from many perspectives. And that comes from my... Also from my theatrical career, from my stage career, I kind of put a lot of my ideas from the stage onto the screen and vice versa. I might put ideas from that work really well on the screen, like onto the stage. So I kind of make them kind of cross, you know, pollinate with each other. Yeah. Yeah. This made me re- actually reminded me of something that like mum and I look up like mm-hmm. once a month or whatever is your the Blackbird dance that you did on So You Think You Can Dance? And how it keeps popping up every now and then. I actually just recreated that. We had a um, 
we had a I produced with another friend of mine, Louise Telford. We have we produced a book called Light the Way, and Light the Way uh, became a dance convention. So we had kind of a three day dance convention in June, and I actually recreated that routine with a, a new generation of dancers. So they performed it at the shows on over three nights. So. Yeah, I just got to revisit it again recently. It was kind of nice to do. I love that. That full, was probably one of my favorite ones. circle moment. Yeah, right yeah. literally. Yeah. Mum has the, the Light the Way book. She has the she book. She does? Yeah, she does. Oh, yeah. fantastic. We read it together sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so what makes you keep coming back to like the film television side of things? And were there any obstacles that you felt that you had to overcome along the way? I, I love working on film and TV. I mean, theatre has its you know, has its positives and they both have their positives. I think what I like about film is that you get the time, more so film, you get the time to get things perfect. You, you know, you work towards getting like everything perfect in the frame. So, and then it gets captured on celluloid and becomes history and it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't kind of evaporate into the air. Like if you do a stage performance, it was that moment in time and then it's finished. But what you get on stage is you get the live applause, you get that conversation with the audience. And with film, you do, but it's a very delayed thing. I mean, I worked on Happy Feet for four years full time on, on that movie and it wasn't until, you know, after the, well after that that we kind of got the response from the work that we were doing. So, But I do love, I'm quite perfectionistic, so I do love working on it film and getting it exactly 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 right but as opposed to tv that's not you know tv is very fast and very furious and it's kind of sometimes feels like you're throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing <laughs> and, um and so it's that's another process where you've got to be very exact and really super 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 fast because there's a real lack of time so tv and film are very different that way so it was just kind of learning how to deal with that because you might get the opportunity to do something on television, but you may get the music at the very last minute and you may only get the people for a couple of hours and then all of a sudden you're doing it on live telly. And so it's just, it's very, very fast and you've got to be able to handle the stress of it and the pressure of it and be able to kind of work at your best in, in that kind of situation. Yeah, of course. So you, considering you've been, you know, you've been in the dance industry and then now the media, film, TV industry for some time now, do you think there's anything that you find that has like significantly changed over the development of your career industry-wise, like in your experience? Social media has just completely changed everything. I mean, I used to, you know, used to work, but it was very hard for people to see you work because unless they were at the event or at the gig and so... But now every young dancer has the platform of social media where they can they can film themselves with their iPhone, they can do choreography and shoot together a clip and cut it on their phone and put it on their social media platforms. And so it's this incredible opportunity to be seen, which is what I never had kind of growing up and early in my career. I think, you know, that's an incredible, that's an incredible big change. Yeah, I think it's, I guess, yeah, that's, I think that would be the main thing you know, because also TV, there's a lot of, there's a lot less live TV being made, entertainment, what I call glossy floor, glossy floor shows, like Dancing with the Stars or, you know, there's there's not as many of that anymore. There used to be a lot of those kind of shows, variety shows on television, and there's less. So that's been a bit of a change. You know, obviously Netflix and all those streaming online 
kind of platforms have changed kind of what essentially became, has, is free-to-air television now. So things are very, very different. There's more opportunities in different places, which is great. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to be older and kind of watch things change. And for me, it's also really interesting to watch things kind of uh, go out of fashion and swing back and come into fashion again. I always find that interesting. Yeah. So obviously over time, dance has evolved from like the typical cabaret style, the, you know, the fossy jazz style to incorporate like the acrobatic side of it now. Do you think that dance has lost some of its creativity because of that? Like incorporating the acro? I think in a lot of dance competitions, uh, I think there's a lot of parents who kind of just want their kids to be able to do a whole stack of tricks to win trophies. And honestly, if I judge a dance competition, it's kind of what I say in people's reports is I really didn't see you dancing. (laughs) I saw you doing tricks and tricks aren't dancing. They really aren't. I mean, wonderful if you can do them, but if they should be used choreographically as an exclamation mark to a sentence, not be the actual sentence. So, yeah, I think there's been, and I think that's the aftermath of shows like Dance Moms. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was a show where it really was a bad education for a lot of people at home thinking that's what it should be about and it's um, it's actually not. I watched yeah. that as a teenager. I loved it. <laughs> Did you? Dancing. Yeah, Did you? But... My goodness. <laughs> I mean, was... lived it out in the Stedford world, yeah. but, you know. <laughs> I know, it's a, such a strange thing because, yeah, no, it's not dancing, not dancing at all. I mean, what dance is is a silent soul expression. It's about your soul being able to express and tell a story. You don't really tell a story with tricks. That's more mm-hmm. like gymnastics. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think you have noticed any changes towards the treatment of females compared to males in this industry since your start, like whether that be on the dance side or on the more the film television side, like in the media industry, sort of what you've experienced now through your side, because what you experience as like a dance professional is kind of different to what we might experience working in this sort of side of the industry in the podcasting area. Do you think you've seen any changes between like the treatment of females versus males? Uh, Definitely, definitely. I think, you know, I think all the movements that have happened in the last so many years, there's been big changes and that's been, it's very evident in in the film and television forum. And I think that women are starting to be paid better than they were. And I think I have also now are much more protected in things like being, being choreographed or blocked or staged in a in an intimate um, scene on camera that there's there's people in place now called intimacy coaches and you, you employ, I mean, I'm about to do direct and choreograph American Idiot, the musical, and we employ an intimacy coach to come into that environment so an actor can actually have a port of call to go to that um, creates boundaries around the way that is set and that if they're not pressured or obligated to please the director that there's a third party there and so that's that's something that never existed (laughs) it's interesting that you mentioned that because I was actually reading something about those intimacy coaches the other day on like the television side of the industry and how that's changed like it was comparing the show skins versus euphoria like how things have changed between those because they are very intimate shows and it shows a lot of that sort of stuff so it's really interesting that you mention it on the dance side of everything it's really interesting and it's and it it applies not just to um, intimate scenes but also to fight scenes. Like there's you know there's stunt people who come in and they really 
like I know if I'm staging a fight scene or, or you know choreographing a fight I will we will talk about the numbers from one to ten in regards to pressure because as an actor you can look like you push someone but you can hardly push them and the person reacts and it gives the same look so you have a, a boundary put in place with two actors or two dancers where you go this pressure needs to be about a five or six if we get into performance and it gets to an eight or nine you need to tell the director or tell somebody that it's become too much so it's just putting boundaries in place to make people feel safe which is really important yeah it is. that's really cool yeah so who inspired you or what inspired you to take your career to the next level in the in the industry it's funny when you say take my career to the next level I never thought that way I never <laughs> really I really didn't I was just happy I was just so grateful to be doing what I was doing and I think I just concentrated on what I loved to do and that kind of unfolded for me um I didn't go I want to do that or I want to do that I really didn't everything inspires me everything inspires me i you know, when I was very young, I was inspired by, obviously, the Jackson family, Janet Jackson and Michael Jackson, all those people, and Paula Abdul and, and all the people in my era that were really great artists. Uh, but I also was very inspired by old Hollywood musical people like Fred Astaire and Sid Charisse and um, Gene Kelly and, you know, Vera Ellen and all those beautiful dancers. But I'm inspired by art. I'm inspired by fashion. I'm inspired by music. I'm inspired by somebody's gate or walk walking down the street I I, you know I was doing something in the musical fame I was directing and choreographing the production they didn't did in 2010 and I had a little I had a scene change to do where these giant steps had to kind of go go stairs had to go across the stage and it was kind of a transition music and I needed something to happen downstage for people to watch so I didn't watch the set moving around and I thought I don't know what I'm going to do and I was at a coffee shop and while I was having coffee, I watched this couple having coffee and they were they were very much in love and it was his birthday and she gave him this jumper and it was it was knitted and it was it, it didn't fit him. It was like the sleeves are way down here and <laughs> it was oversized, it was way too big, and he put it on and he just kind of like pushed it up and he went, Oh, thank you. And they cuddled and kissed and had their coffee and then I was just watching them and then they got up and paid and walked away. And when he walked away, the ends of his sleeves were just like hanging while he was walking. And I looked at that and I went, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put this guy in a jumper with his arms that are too long. And I'm going to get like a, you know, a conga, a djembe kind of drum. And I'm going to get these kids to just jam. But he's going to dance with um, the ends of his sleeves being too long and kind of make patterns with them and uh so that's what I mean I'm always on the lookout I'm always observing I'm, I'm highly observant which is why I did good penguins in um in because <laughs> I'm really good at looking at creatures and animals and copying their movement that's yeah so cool the syncopation <laughs> in happy feet though was on point I must say those little penguins I was a penguin for four years Penguin for four years. I love that. Um, (laughs) Speaking on Happy Feet, then, out of all the productions you've been a part of, if you could pick your favorite, what would it be? On film? Of anything you've done, your whole career, like on the media side. That's a hard question. That's a hard one. That's a hard (laughs) question. That's like someone saying to you, what's your favorite movie? You're like, comedy, drama. Um, (laughs) I don't. uh, Well, Happy Feet is right up there for me choreographically. I've never been asked to choreograph on the Antarctic ice. 
five <laughs> a kilometer before, which is what I had to do, um, and choreograph penguins and how to move as penguins and how to tap dance as penguins. And yeah, that was obviously it was groundbreaking what we did. It was pioneering. I mean, the technology on that film was kind of evolving as we were shooting it, and then. Uh, we had a 360-degree Steadicam camera. And Steadicam is one of those um, moving cameras. They, they move and it was shot in 360. And James Cameron came down to our set and had lessons in it because he went and did Avatar after us because that was the next big motion capture movie. So, yeah, because it was motion capture, it was kind of, it was pioneering. So that was incredible. And plus it won, we won the Golden Globe and the, the, and the Oscar and... Um, a BAFTA and like you know it, mm. it was incredible so yeah I would say that that's an absolute highlight for me in film that's yeah so cool I remember yeah. watching Happy Feet when it came out and at that point I had said that I wasn't going to do tap anymore and I said you know I don't want to do it I'm over it and I watched Happy Feet and I went back to dancing the next day and I was like sign me up <laughs> I want to go back into tap <laughs> and she oh, was like so she was good. like what what made you change your mind and I was like I saw a penguin tap dance Nice. And that's where that came from. Nice. That's so great. Have you ever thought about maybe working more as an intimacy coach? I'm quite interested in that. Yeah. Do you know what? You have to train to be one, obviously, to get the credentials, the certificate and everything. Yeah, I would love to guess, I would guess, do it officially. But I have kind of been doing it all my life because I kind of have always worked that way and always been very conscious of protecting people in vulnerable situations. So I've been doing a version of it all my life, I think, in my work field. But, yeah, I mean, yes, I would love to. I would love to. I think it's really important. Yeah. That just goes to show that, you know, for the young dancers out there, the jobs they could be doing in, what, 10 years just don't even exist yet. Like it's things like that that, you know, you never think of. There's so many opportunities out there. I would never have considered um, working motion capture as a dancer. And it actually takes dancers to move the technology because you have to be so agile and you you have to understand body movement and have a great body awareness and be able to drive it with a lot of energy because the motion capture models generally kind of dampen movement. So you kind of have to drive at 150% for them to read like 100 on camera, if that makes sense. Yeah. So uh, it's... You can be a full-time motion capture performing artist if you choose, and that's just something I would never have no. could have entertained as a in my twenties that that was a thing, you know, because yeah. it wasn't. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, do you have any advice or tips for like women in particular, but also just young people wanting to enter the media industry or the dance industry? Yeah, I think my biggest thing would be to be brave enough to be your authentic self yeah that would be my you know if I could put it in a nutshell that would be it I mean where the you know the downfall of things like social media I know there's like great positives but the downfall is you know comparing yourself to everybody else on them and comparing your artistic journey or you know just comparing yourself full stop so it's and and what happens is that really affects people's self-worth and to be in our industry in any way you have to have confidence and you have to have self-assuredness and you have to believe in yourself and because if you don't believe in yourself then nobody else does so it's Mm. kind of the 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 biggest thing is being able to maintain and nurture your worth and your artistic worth and 
and making sure that you use social media in a way that keeps you buoyant um, in regards to your mental and emotional health. And when I say that, I mean, I always teach students, you need to check in with yourself today and say, how do I feel? Do I feel disempowered today or do I feel empowered today? If I'm feeling empowered, I can look at my social media. If I feel disempowered, shouldn't probably look at it because I'm probably going to end up in a state of comparison as opposed to being, if I'm empowered, I'll be inspired by what people are doing. So I always teach that it's um, about checking in with yourself first to see if it's a good time or not. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That's a really good, that's very interesting. I like that sort of take yeah. on it. It's really good. It's a positive sort of, mm. you know, is wake up and then, you know, start the day right, not in a negativity yeah, area. Yeah, just turn up to yourself, check in and see what's going on and then decide, make the choice. Because um, also just just being conscious that we need to take time away from these screens you know it's it's like I say to people a lot you know what do you dream about what do you want to do and a lot of people will spend if they've got eight minutes to wait for a train they'll probably be on their phone for eight minutes looking at everybody else's lives whereas that eight minutes you could actually possibly visualize and ponder things that you dream about or would like to do which would put energy into that which would make it manifest as opposed to not being able to put time to it because you're busy looking at everybody else's life <laughs> exactly exactly that yeah. is really a beautiful perspective on that i love it well yeah thank you so much for chatting with us today kelly it was super interesting learning like your side of the industry and how you've come to get to where you are today thank you thanks for yes. having me thank you we would also like to give a special thanks to the university of southern queensland for their contribution to this show if you would like to keep up with the Women Behind the Media podcast for our new episode releases or any updates, please go follow our Facebook and Instagram at Women Behind the Media. Thank you so much for listening today. We've been Betty and Claire and we'll see you next time. Bye.